Eclectic Soul Podcast. Yes, if you've listened to our last two episodes, you got to hear a tidbit of um, music, um, our trivia game that we had some listeners play with us. And um, with saying this, we want to thank you for that again. But I am going to be creating on my Spotify account a list of the songs that we did. And I'm going to collaborate with Jen with her Spotify account. And what we would like to do is share that link with people. And um, so anything that Jen and I liked or what our listeners like will be on there. And then you can, whatever songs we wish to share with you, it'll be like a place where you can go and check out our music. If you follow us on Spotify later on. Maybe you can. We can make help. it a collaborative. Yeah, playlist that's and what people saying. can add songs. Right, and we can open it up to collab, mm-hmm. and then people can add their songs, and it will be like our little community of sharing songs that we like, and we don't care what it is you share because it will be a collection of all of us. Mm-hmm. Let's jump into Tara and Oracle. <laughs> How did you get into reading Oracle cards, or what drew you in? Um. I was a teenager when I was 18 and I lived in Baltimore. I ran into a girl that lived downstairs. Well, her mother was a psychic. We started talking and we had um, communicated with each other while I lived in Baltimore. And even after I moved home back to Delaware, from Maryland to Delaware, she was ostracized. Um, by her Christian church because she read Oracle, read Tarot, Palm read. I started with Tarot cards, but I just couldn't get... There's too many cards in a deck, mm-hmm. nine times out of ten. Um, I was a, The answers I was getting always seemed to upset me, but when I found an Oracle deck that I did like, and I lost that Oracle deck, it was my very first one that I had... Um, I got that was probably when I was 20 and I, it just seemed to flow more easily with me. It, even the cards that I returned with the questions that I asked, it, it, it's such a supreme guidance that comes with it because it's like you're conversing with the heavens and that's how I view it. So it's like if I ask a question, I'm not looking for a yes or no questions because to me, Oracle doesn't come as yes or no. It comes with a way to help you guide you on your path Mm -hmm. and it has to resonate with you on whether or not it's going to be a good thing or a bad thing. If it feels right, it feels good to you, you run with it. Mm -hmm. If it's bad or, or just leaves you with the like a to me I get a bad taste in my mouth or I get an upset stomach or my chest tightens up on me I know that this is not good I need to change it I need to see what it is that I could change and then sometimes I'll pull more cards on top of that and load them up I have always done just three card spreads I've never done one card unless it was for daily only I was like what can I expect for that day or what should I look for for that day 
Oracle cards help give you kind of an outline of what you should be looking out for mm -hmm. and a guidance on what would be the right path or to get help give you help you open your eyes up to see what would be right for you and hopefully you follow that and not go off that path because then that's where you get the trouble waters mm -hmm. so did I answer your question? You did answer my question. <laughs> um, for those people who don't know what an oracle deck looks like, like, because obviously there are a variety of different types of uh, decks. Um, right. Cartomancy is the the general term that you use right. when you're talking about divination and right. card reading. There are all sorts of different styles of, of, of card decks. Right. Um, obviously, Tara, we talked about that a little bit. Um, what... What makes Oracle cards different as far as the physicalness, like the way that the cards look and their system based on tarot or any other card system out there for divination? Um, some Oracle cards are numbered. Um, I'm trying to think my largest deck. For some reason, I keep seeing 56. It might have 56 cards in it, but most of my decks have about 40 cards or less in it. Um, each card represents something. Mm -hmm. Um, they could be colorful. They could have unique imagery on it. Depends on the designer and the, well, the collaboration of the designer and the person that's writing the wording for the cards. Um, um, I like to read the imagery that I see on it as mm -hmm. well as what's going on what comes with it, the literature that comes with them. Um, so it's kind of like free-flowing then. Yeah, it's, it's like very There's not a very like, yeah, strict set of rules no. or a system that's in place. It's, it's one, kind it, of like, Actually, Oracle cards is one of the most easiest cards. If you're going to learn to read cards, learn to read Oracle first. And then from there, graduate up to the beginner of Tarot or the beginner of um, Lelamon. Um, because... Those to me are more in depth. They're more harder to understand and read. Oracle cards are based. They're all based on feeling, but it's really a feeling that resonates with you. And it like so like um, the deck we were playing with earlier. Each card had something unique with it. It was either about creativity or about courage or about passion or about this. And then it gives you a little tidbit on the card, what it can mean. And then they have the literature in it. And then based on the question that you ask, the feeling that you get, the information that guides you that's in the book, the information on the card that's that's there visible for you to read. And then the, the putting that all together and that overall feeling can help you put things in perspective. Mm -hmm. So it kind of like helps outlines what it is you need to do. And, um, where I think to me, tarot kind of tells you what's going on. It kind of gives you a story. Is there any, do you want to talk a little bit about the history before we jump into the actual reading? Sure. Um, well, Oracle means God's delegation. Um, this is based on ancient Greeks, um, that those that value prophecy. Um, they believe that anyone who was born and controlled, they were controlled by the Supreme, which is the heavens. 
Um, they mainly worked within the temple of Apollo and Delphi. Um, is this in Greece? Yes, this is in Greece. And they would receive the prophecies and they would be the one to bestow those prophecies to the ears of those who needed to hear. And normally the prophecies were set up to be someone's beginning or their um, destiny. A good way to describe it, Oracle is like, I think I want this, but is it a good thing? Or... I will act like this, but does it satisfy the gods? So you had to ask questions and make sure you did not upset the gods because mm-hmm. if you upset the gods, then turmoil will take place. In this newer age that if you ask for guidance, it will tell you what you need to do and you need to have the integrity to do what's right and you should already know what's right and what's wrong and you should always follow what's right because if you do what's wrong, you're not going to have the outcome that you want. Mm-hmm. It's not Like I said, it's not a yes or no. It, mm-hmm. It's all about feeling. Just like energy. It, it's feeling. And let's see. What do I want to ask? What do I want to ask? What do I want to ask? Hmm. Now, what I will say is that if I was home, um, the first thing I would do would be purify the air around me and the things around me. I would then place a cloth down of my choice. Um, Any stones, anything that represents who I am, um, earthly things, whatever around me. I would light a candle and incense because I like both. I would ask for protection and guidance from my angels. And then I would ask my ancestors to come and join me as well. And then I would um, go ahead and start shuffling cards, clear my mind, take several deep breaths, make sure my mind it was clear that the energy that I was pulling in was positive and that... Um, the question I was going to ask was the only thing that was within me. Mm-hmm. So I wouldn't be distracted and I wouldn't bring any other energy in. So will the person that I am thinking of and sending lots of love and light to be able to accomplish everything that it is that he is trying to accomplish this year? And will it come out to be abundantly for him okay and is there a name for this spread that you are um it is the fairy spread first card will represent a message from the fae the second card your issue from the fairy perspective the third card will represent what the fae helps you with the fourth card will what the fae wants you to know and the fifth card would be fairy guidance so the way that i will lay the cards out is that number one card would go in the northwest corner number two card would go in the northeast corner the third southwest the fourth southeast and then the fifth would go in the center and they're not they're not um straight straight above each other they're going to be slightly 
altered a little bit. So um, we'll take a picture to show later. And the cards that I laid out for number one is the future. Number two is change. Number three is prosperity. Number four is nurturing and the guidance. The fifth card is strength. So now on the first card for future, it has a cute little fairy who's looking into water. There's a lot of earthy tones with her. And it says, direct your intentions and actions wisely and your future will be fed with fulfillment. Um, the second card is change. And it's two fairies with butterfly wings flying with a bunch of butterflies. And it says, expand your flexibility for change and you'll enjoy the vitality of life ahead. The third card is more vibrant. Um, it's a fairy with an owl, so there's a lot of wisdom here. And it's prosperity, so good things will come. The inner power supplied by a spiritual prosperity lasts as an eternity, so it should be a good karmic life from him. I, I think that's what I'm feeling. And nurturing, and this is a cute little fairy. It looks like she's with some berries, and it's red. And red is fire, and it also represents Mars. Keep your inner child nurtured, and you will thrive with vitality. That's very pretty. I like these cards. They're very pretty. Mm -hmm. And then the fifth card is your strength card. Um, it's a fairy standing among berries it looks like like grapevines so it looks like she's standing with grapes and her wings are spread and it says strength is born from the will of the heart it's very very cute the first card is a message from the fae okay so and it's about future he it has the law of attraction on his side um as long as his intentions and actions are done wisely his future would be fed with fulfillment so as long as he keeps focus, keeps a um, his inner self in check, mm -hmm. that and he stays focused on what it is that he wants to do, that even though it's at a standstill or halt or a little slow, it will build up and things will move in the mm -hmm. direction he wants them to move in. Change is the second card, and it's your issue from the fairy's perspective. He's having a hard time dealing with this change that he's stuck in. But as long as he expands his flexibility, because he, I think he can't handle change very well, mm -hmm. that his flexibility for change, he learns something with this, that he will be able to enjoy everything that's coming forward into his life with um, enjoying with new vitality and a new perspective of life for him in, ahead. That's what I'm getting. The third card is what the Fae help you with and with the prosperity. So like I said, um, this is like a wisdom card. So as long as to me as he stays true, pays attention to things that are going on, stays focused with him and within himself and what's going on around him and what it is that he wants to obtain, that this card will help bring it together that the inner powers that he supplies for his spiritual prosperity as well as 
his maternal, what's going on around him, the material world that he lives in will all be pulled together. That's how I'm feeling right now, that this is going, he's stuck, but mm-hmm. he will be moving forward. It will bring prosperity to him. He doesn't like change, but the future will be better for this. Mm-hmm. And the nurturing card, this is what the fairies want you to know. He has mentioned that when he was younger, he wished he was an adult. When he was an adult, now he wishes he was a child. This is to keep your inner child nurtured. So he should enjoy what time he does have available, doing the things that he wasn't able to always do, like play video games or whatever that is. Um, Keep his inner child going. But remember that doing that is giving him vitality keeping him young at heart so that he can get through what's going on and be the person, the man that he wishes to be in the future. So, and the strength is that in the fifth card, the fairy guidance, they want him to know that all strength is born from the will of his heart. So as long as he has the will to keep moving forward, he is going to be just fine. It's all going to work out for him. And I think this is a pretty good reading. I think it explains where he might stand at this point mm-hmm. and where he's going. Mm-hmm. As long as he believes, he keeps his eyes open, mm-hmm. he adheres to what's going on around him. Understand this is just for a short time that the outcome will be better and um, he'll feel much better by the end of the year with everything. He'll feel much better with every little thing that starts happening for mm-hmm. him. It'll start building, and it'll be a stronger foundation by the end of the year. So for him, at least that's what I get. Mm-hmm. Do you want to put anything in? No, I mean the oracle cards are your thing. Okay. Um, no, I mean I from what I see, I mean I I agree with you. Yay! But so, what about tarot? I I. I explain what oracle is to me what i what i learned just slightly a bit i didn't really go into all of that what brought you into tarot um when i was a teenager i was more i, I don't know i i think i talked about this in another podcast last year probably um because we're going down that spiritual t- discussion. Right. But, um, I was raised Catholic and As Mormon. I. And Mormon, actually, because my oh. grandmother was Mormon. So it was kind of this weird thing. But my parents were never, like, super, super religious. Mm-hmm. Um, and my dad's an atheist, actually. Um, so I kind of got a couple of different, you know, views of things. But growing up, when I got to my teenage years, um, I realized that... I. I didn't look at things the same way, and I just, I don't know, I was just more intrigued with mysterious things, and, you know, just things that couldn't be explained, and, you know, I just thought that the world was bigger than kind of trying to make it really small and defined, Mm -hmm. and so um, tarot just was kind of part of that process. Um, Before I really had a definition of what my spirituality was, Mm -hmm. I actually started learning how to read tarot. Um... And I don't know, I think with tarot, and I also read Lenormand or Lenormand, depending upon how you want to say that word, um, I really like complex things. 
Um, I'm a logical person. I like a lot, like to think a lot. Um, and so with tarot and also with, with Lenormand, um, I like having to figure things out like a mystery. Um, I like the use of story and um, how you use psychology and symbolism and numerology and astrology mm -hmm. and the pictures and then looking at patterns and seeing how the patterns are connected and because this says something, it's connected to this over here and what does that mean? And I, it's, I like that whole complexity. Mm -hmm. And so that's kind of where I got interested into tarot and, and that's kind of why I've continued that. Mm -hmm. um, I do have oracle cards, mm -hmm. obviously. Uh -huh. and, I, and I and I mean, I, I like oracle um, because they're pretty. Mm -hmm. they're pretty. I'll find a deck. But and so I'll, are tarot. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But I don't read a lot of oracle. Mm -hmm. I just, I, when I see an oracle deck that I think is really pretty, I will sometimes buy it just because I know I'm not really going to use it, but I'm just going to, I just, you know, I have a collecting problem. Mm -hmm. um, but I try, you know, I have enough tarot and stuff that I try not to buy too much other stuff. But um, I'm kind of a, a, a realist in a way, which is funny because I'm not really a realist. I have this wild imagination and I love to live in fantasy. Mm -hmm. But when I'm talking about concrete day-to-day -day things, mm -hmm. I'm actually quite realistic. Mm -hmm. when, when trying to solve problems. That's a mercury in us. Yeah, probably. But when I'm trying to solve problems, which is when usually when you're doing a, t uh, a reading in general, mm -hmm. I, I was going to say tarot, but in any reading, um, you're trying to solve a problem, whether it's yours, whether it's someone else's, whether mm -hmm. it's a group of people, whatever it is. Um, I, I tend to want to be like, okay, we, we need to take the imagination out of this and we need to be, we need to be serious about this. Mm -hmm. And so the reason why I stick more towards the, to tarot instead of Oracle is because they are very positive. Um, and there's nothing wrong with that, but you were talking about how why cards connect with you and mm -hmm. why you know why tarot doesn't and why oracle does mm -hmm. with you. Um, I I love oracle because they are really pretty um, and they do give really good advice, but the world is not always positive. It's not always negative, and so the reason why I've always been drawn more towards um, tarot specifically is because it just says it like it is. Um, Everyone's life is not necessarily going to turn out well. If you don't follow certain steps, it's not going to turn out well. Mm -hmm. That's just the reality of the situation. And so when I and I'm one of those people, and I've met tarot readers who don't have that view. Actually, mm -hmm. they are not going to tell it like it is. If you come to me for a reading, and it says something that you don't want to hear, I'm not going to keep that from you. Right. Okay. Well, that's where your integrity steps yeah. in. But there, I've I've met tarot readers. I've had readings done from people, other professional tarot readers. Um, I don't tell them that I read, mm -hmm. but I have gone and had them and they won't, they will keep that stuff because they don't want, they want to make sure that everything that they say is positive. And I just, and I'm just not that kind of a person. There's nothing wrong with that. You know, I wish I was on fly on the wall when you're having one and you're sitting there looking at them cards and they're not telling you. And then one day you go, um, this means this and this means this. And why aren't you telling me that? Well, but I would never, but I know I'm, I, I'm not that kind of person. I'm not going to call somebody out. I mean, because that's their decision. Everybody, right. re everybody, even though you might follow a system, everybody is going to read the way they want to read. Right. And that's perfectly okay. There's nothing wrong with reading. Like you said, there's nothing wrong with you reading Oracle. It's right. positive. You connect with that. Right. Right. But, that's that's well, our not... connections for right. the way we read and everything right. is different for everyone. Right. 
So when I go to those those readers and they choose not to tell me that, that's fine. I just know. But because... I can just see your face. <laughs> <laughs> but that, to me, I read tarot. I read Leonard Mond mm-hmm. because I want to see those things. I'm right. not saying that I, I like that. Right. But I want to see the well, ugly as well as the good. I want to see, okay, if this isn't, if, 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 if is, this is the real issue mm-hmm. that needs to be resolved. And if you don't resolve it, this is what's happening. Right. You know, I don't want to. You know, like, oh, it's going to get better. It might not. Right. And that's just the reality right. of it. And I've had you do readings yeah. for me, and some of them weren't that positive. No. And they're, you know, I needed to make yeah. change. Yeah. And that one person is pretty much out of my life. So, you know, and I'm happier for mm-hmm. it. So sometimes it may not always be pretty, but sometimes right. you need to know the truth. The truth can be ugly, and it needs to be said. You know, there's there's a deck called the Happy Tarot, where literally every card is just this like, yes, the world is wonderful. And then there's a tarot deck, which I actually own, called the Good Tarot, um, which is not yeah, as you do. ridiculously happy as the Happy Tarot. But it tends to, all the images are really these like really peaceful, gentle, you know, calm kind of energy stuff. So, yeah. But yeah, I mean, it, and it also depends on like when when you're gonna have a reading done, you really have to sit and think about what your goal is and what mindset you're in and mm-hmm. what you want to get out of it. Because, um, and I when, before I start a tarot reading, I usually try to explain to people, you know, kind of give them a warning as to what's gonna happen, mm-hmm. and I try to explain what I'm doing while I'm doing it because you don't want to shock somebody, right? You know, if somebody might not be ready. You know, it, it sure. for example, if I came to, to you and I wanted to know whether my husband was cheating on me, you might want to know that, but do you really want to know that? You, you see what I'm saying? Like, right. um, some people are not ready for the information. They're not ready to, to accept that information. This is true. So if they just want to know how to get, you know, get through their life, an oracle reading would be better in that situation because I'm not ready to hear whether my husband is cheating on me, but how should I focus on myself and what should I do with my life mm-hmm. regardless of that situation? Okay, that would be what an oracle reading was for. If you really thought your husband was cheating on you, you had all of these signs, mm-hmm. and you were ready to move on with your life, you were actually thinking about divorce, or you're ready to go actually see a therapist, mm-hmm. then that would be the time that you would get an oracle or a tarot reading. Right. right? Because you are, you've already accepted the situation. You're planning out what you're going to do, you're trying to solve the situation, you just need that confirmation and maybe a little bit of advice along the way, okay? True. So that's kind of how you look at how you're, you know, why you would go with one or the other. Mm. Yeah. Because okay. they, they have different outcomes, yeah. Right. One's, well, because positivity, guidance. yeah, posi- right. there's, a, there's a place for positivity and there's a place for truth, Right. right. And that's kind of just using that as an example to kind of show, like, for somebody who doesn't know about either, right. and they're just wanting a reading, right? It, it's like, what do you want out of this? You know, because everybody wants to know, but do they really want to know? Right. You know what I mean? Uh, because of how I feel about a certain person, that even though I want to know if he's seeing someone... You don't really. I really don't want to know because it would blow the illusion yeah. in my head. Right. But, but yeah, it's the, same, like it's, it's the same thing as what I was talking about right. the other thing, right? It's right. like you want to know, but, you don't but want you're, not, you're not ready to hear that information, right. Right? right? It's too... 
personal. It's too devastating or right. life changing or whatever it might right. be. You're not you you're not ready to. You haven't planned out how you're going to react to that situation, and it's just not you're not ready. But. Sometimes it's best to know, even if you don't. Oh yeah, know, it's but again, you have yeah. to look. You have to look within and go. Right. You have is to go that what in I there want right now. Right, you have to. Go, if you're going to ask the question, you have to. You have to be ready to to hear any answer. Right. Okay. This is. You true. can't go into a reading expecting to hear an answer. This is true. And sadly, most people go into readings expecting an answer. Let, let's be honest. This is true. I sometimes when I ask you or other people I know that do readings, I want an answer. And you want it to be the answer you want to hear. Yeah, and it's sometimes it's not. And sometimes that's a little harding on the heart and you know, it's like why you know, but you know, it, it is what it is. Yeah. And you have to uh Abide with the rule that comes with it when you ask certain questions to certain things that are being done. So if I'm going to ask a question to a tarot reader and they're going to give me their honest answer out of what the cards are showing, then I need to learn to swallow it and move on because I asked it. Mm -hmm. So if you don't really want to know, then don't ask the question. I got you. Yep. Okay. So. Yes. Which deck are you going? Is there any other information or history that you want to add, or so or what? Deck? I, <laughs> maybe I'm like, should, yeah, maybe we should talk about the history. The history. For, yes, let's talk about yes. the history. So the history of tarot is actually really mysterious. Um, nobody actually knows a hundred percent exactly where tarot originated. Okay. Um, more than likely, it came from a variety of different places, and the current tarot that we use today, the system that we use today is a mixture of all of these different cultural um, uh, systems. Okay. Um, but the earliest tarot deck that, that resembles what we, what, that, what we use today uh, is actually um, from the Renaissance period. Mm. Um, and it consisted of 17 cards. Um, and you can actually see it. It's, it's in the uh, Bibliothèque Nationale in Paris. Ooh. Um, so when were we going to Paris? <laughs> uh, I was there in, gosh, my mid-twenties. But I didn't know it was there, so I didn't get to see it. Well, now we know it's there, and we got to go there so, and the Louvre. We'll see, but now we can't plan anything because we don't we, know where we can go. We're on lockdown! We're all in this together. Yes, we are. So, so yeah, so that was the, um, the, early, the, the oldest form of what resembles what we use today. Hmm. Um, but there are earlier decks um, of tarot, but they didn't follow the, like a specific system necessarily. Um, there was a system, but what makes them different from, because you went into the history of Oracle cards, right. right? And there is a difference even back that far. Right. Um, with early tarot decks um, before the Renaissance, mm -hmm. um, what made them all early forms of tarot mm -hmm. was their use of allegory. Oh. Okay. Uh, I'll read the definition of what allegory is in case people don't know what it is. Okay. Um, it is a story or picture with a hidden meaning. Mm -hmm. uh, the characters and allegories are symbols which represent particular ideas. The story has a figurative meaning, not just a literal, uh, literal one. 
Um, an example would be, um, not in tarot, but like, for example, when you read like fairy tales or fables and stuff right. where you read them and there's symbols going on and there's like a moral or something. Right. So an allegory is basically, um, uh, you're taking something, whether it's words, pictures, whatever, um, and it has like a double meaning. So it obviously has the literal meaning, um, of what it is, whether the picture or word that you're saying, but it also has another meaning, um, whether it's symbolic or if it's part of a story or something like that. Okay. So that's the, basically what the early forms of, of tarot looked like before there was an actual system of cards. The word tarot. Mm-hmm. Um, again, mysterious. Nobody really knows a hundred percent where that word, uh, came from. Um, there are so many different opinions about this. I'll just name a few. Um, the There is an Egyptian uh, word that means terash, mm-hmm. which is the royal way. Um, it could be related to the word rota, which is Latin for real, or for wheel. Wheel. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a Kabbalistic word uh, related to the Torah, which means the law. Mm-hmm. Um, the word tar... Um, in gypsy, means a deck of cards. See, that's what I always thought it was, was a gypsy. There's a Sanskrit word, which is taru, um, which is um, where tar uh, actually originates from. Um, and then there's also uh, another Latin association, which is rota fortuna. Um, and this uh, has to do with the goddess Fortuna, Tuna, so there right. could be a connection there as well. But I just listed a few. There's actually more. There's even like Italian words that are all related and stuff. Oh, wow. But they could all be, you know, they could all be like related to one another, you know, how because, you know, Most... languages and cultures are all taking from other cultures. Right. But what's really funny when you brought up the gypsy part is that it's really, when I see fortune telling... I see gypsies, uh-huh. and I've always seen that in tarot cards. Always because they, you know, that that's how Western movies portrayed mm-hmm. fortune tellers. They look like gypsies. They always moved around the town, the town, the town. You know, reading palms or reading their crystal ball, which I own two crystal balls, and just it, it just really, it's like it pulls you in. But it's like, oh yeah, it's gypsies. <laughs> Yeah, I think a lot of people probably think of gypsies when they think of tarot. Yeah. But I don't think that they know that their language is based off of Sanskrit, which is actually India, yeah, like Persia yeah. from right, back right. in the day. So, um, so talking more about tarot um, today, mm-hmm. uh, the most common way to pronounce it is how we've been pronouncing it up to this point, which is tarot. Tarot. Don't pronounce the T at the end. Um. The current system of tarot mm-hmm. um, was originally started by a group called the Golden Dawn Society. Um, this was a Victorian magical order that was established in 1887. Um, there's some famous people that you might have heard of, heard of if you study like occult um, or psychics and stuff like back mm-hmm. in the day. If you study that, um, the, some of the people that were members were Samuel McGregor Mathers, Aleister Crowley. Uh, Arthur Edward White, oh, sorry, Arthur Edward Waite, Pappas, and Paul Foster Casey. The McCrowley sounds familiar. Mm-hmm. Um, actually, probably, Crowley's probably the most famous mm-hmm. and probably the most creepy. Yeah. <laughs> but, oh, yeah. <laughs> Talk about dark. But I'm actually going to focus on um, Arthur Edward Waite. 
Mm. Um, and that is because uh, Waite uh, conceived and commissioned a deck that was illustrated by Pamela Coleman Smith and was printed by the Ryder Company. Mm. Um, and this is where the system called the Ryder Waite system was created. This is the most common system of tarot in the world. Um, so if you buy a tarot deck, probably 90% of all tarot decks printed are this system. Okay, and it was this was developed by him. Um, the the his system focuses on um, talking about how tarot is is developed and what the system is. It's playing cards basically. Yeah. So you have suits, mm-hmm. you have the court cards that you have. Mm-hmm. Um, there are slight differences, um, but it's the same number of cards that you would have in a in a in a regular card deck. 52. Okay, so you've got one to one, you know, ace to ten, and then you've got your four court cards. Right. Okay. And then however you want to label those court cards, it varies based on mm-hmm. the deck. But they're all court cards. Mm-hmm. Um, the difference, what, what weight added, was the majors. Okay, mm. so there's an extra set of cards mm-hmm. that tell an allegorical story, or um, if you want to look at it from a psychological perspective, um, the archetypes mm-hmm. that people go through in life. Mm-hmm. So that's what the current Rider weight system looks like. To go a step further with that, he created picture concepts. So there's a certain picture associated with each card. Um, the symbols, the numerology, the astrological stuff that goes with it are all the same in this system. So regardless of what tarot deck you buy, if it follows the Rider weight system... Mm-hmm. It will use the same illustrations, the same numerology, the same astrological stuff. All mm-hmm. the same symbols will be used. People can draw it a certain way, right? Mm-hmm. Add their own creative flair to it, but they're sticking with the same system. So it's being portrayed the same way. So for an example, um, to be funny, I looked at the llama over there, my little stuffed llama. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, if I had a card, we'll say the, the, the Two of Cups. I'm mm. making this up now, okay? The Two of Cups, if I, was, if I put a llama on it and the llama was drinking water, okay? And I set that picture as the Two of Cups, regardless of what tarot deck you bought, whether mm-hmm. you, wrote, you made it or someone else made it, mm-hmm. that would have the llama drinking water. Mm-hmm. The rest of it, could be different. The color could be different. Maybe the llama isn't actually drinking the water. Maybe he's getting ready to drink the water. Whatever. But the picture is going to be the same. Mm. Okay. So that's what I mean by the same system. Right. Creating the the, the picture concepts that he's created. Um, so that's the Rider Waite Smith um, system. The other system that is used, not as popular, um, was created by Aleister Crowley. Um, I don't know a lot about this system. Um, I had a deck a long time ago when I was in my early 20s. And I'm not 100% sure how to pronounce the word, but it's called the Thoth Tarot deck. And I'm pronouncing it the way it's actually written, which is T-H-O-T-H. But again, it could be, you know, Mm -hmm. there could be another pronunciation of that. Um, Totally different. Not relative at all to the tarot decks of the past nor of the current Mm. um he went with his own thing he has his own pictures i don't even think they follow suits from what i remember from my old deck 
it's just, it's almost like an oracle deck, but using allegory. So like kind of like the really, really old tarot decks mm. used to. Interesting. Did uh, you lose your deck too? Um, actually, I think I gave it away. Ah. I might have given it to my nephew. My my nephew, he was really, really into that really gothic stuff when mm-hmm. he was younger. He's had a, what do you call it? A, he's Christian now and he's like totally... Oh. You know, like, to the point where he's, he's a been little... born again? Ooh. Yeah, born again. There's the word. Um, but when he was younger, mm-hmm. he was really into the gothic stuff. And so the Aleister Crowley deck was, like, perfect for him. Yeah, it's so dark and deep, yeah. though. He is dark, really, really dark. creepy. And that's one of the reasons why I didn't... I, I don't really use it. Mm-hmm. I, I had it when I was in my early 20s because I'm really fascinated by just knowing what things are. Mm-hmm. So I wanted to know what the deck was. But I actually didn't connect with it at all. Oh, wow. Um, so I don't use it. Um, with tarot, I, I have a lot of decks. Oh, yeah, you do. I don't use them all, though. Mm. And that's because I find that um, you have to connect with a deck, mm-hmm. even if it is a tarot deck, mm-hmm. to use it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I also don't use a lot of my um, creative decks for professional readings. Because when I do professional readings, because I don't necessarily know the client. Right. It's different than if I'm doing it on myself or I'm doing it for a friend. Because you know that person. You know things about them. Right. You're not going blind. Right. Um, So I I tend to stick with a rider weight just because I know that system really, really well, like the back of my hand. Mm -hmm. And so when I do professional readings, I will only read with rider weight decks. Um, I do love decks that that use the Rider weight system, but they want to take a creative approach, which is they don't use the picture concept. So they use the traditional, like, major minor mm-hmm. suits, um, but then they take they, they do their own creative thing with the pictures. Oh, okay. um, And I will only do usually use those um, if I've studied that deck really, really well, mm-hmm. um, because you actually have to study them individually to really, you know, connect with them. Or I'm doing it because a friend asks me. They're like, oh, I want you to read using that deck, and I'll use that deck. Um, but usually I won't use those decks. Um, there is a deck that is I find really, really fascinating that I have that um, I, I don't do readings with at all because it's going to take me, like, forever to, to learn it. Mm-hmm. But it's called the After Tarot. It's basically, it takes the Rider Waite system. It's mm-hmm. a Rider Waite deck. It has all the traditional symbols and pictures. But when you turn it over, it has pictures on the back, too. <gasps> that would be so confusing. And the pictures show what happens in the picture after it happens. And so when you shuffle oh. them, you shuffle them front to back so you could get the back side of the picture instead of the front side, which changes the meaning. Oh, wow. Really complex. That is complex but, and freaky. Yeah, but I love it because, <laughs> going back to what I said, right? I love the whole complexity of it. And right. just, it's just really fascinating. Right. But at the same time, it's it, because it's so complex, you, you really need to know what you're doing with it. And mm-hmm. it would not be something that I would use if I really needed an answer to something. Right. Because you'd be sitting here. It's like talking about philosophy or something. Right, right. You'd be sitting here discussing what we all thought it meant. So, right. Um, but anyway... So that is the uh, history. Awesome. Now, when you do a reading, what do you prep for? How do you get ready for it? Um, I mean, it, it really just depends on how I feel and who I'm doing it for or what the situation is. Um, because I do read professionally, 
Um, a lot of my readings are done at home mm-hmm. on the internet. Um, and so I don't have to do a lot of setup. Like if I was doing it locally, like if I was doing it with somebody I didn't know, it was mm-hmm. just a client. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was doing it like either in a coffee shop or in a restaurant or something. Um, I may bring stuff depending upon the, the, the location. I've right. done things outside in parks and at people's houses and things like that. Right. Um, so I might bring crystals. I might bring really fancy, you know, wow. cloths and, um, you know, incense and all that stuff. Um, but typically when I'm just doing it at home, nobody's going to see it. Right. Um, I will always use a cloth. <clears throat> and I usually will clean my cards every once in a while, but I don't do that when I'm doing reading. So I'll just do that on my own separately. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's what I usually do is just I have a cloth out and then I have the cards when I'm doing online readings. Okay. Um, with friends, I'm usually just whatever. Well, yes, and, and that's just friends. because, you know, you know, you know them. They know you really well. It doesn't have to be this really... You know, unless it's a really thought, unless yeah. it's a really deep discussion that you want yeah. to have and it's serious, right. um, then yeah, we can take it to a more serious note. But you, you don't really. Well, I think it's time for fun, and then yeah. there's time to be serious, right? And I find that you know it doesn't affect the reading at all. Um, there are times where you'll do readings and you're just amazed at how ridiculously clear. Like, you can just look at it and you just go, "Wow, I know immediately what this says. I don't even need to read the cards." Like. You just look at it and you could literally just, you could be throwing the cards down on plastic and it's the most amazing reading you've ever had in your life. And then there are times where you lay everything out with crystals and all this stuff and you're sitting there going, I have no clue what the heck this is saying. So I have had all sorts of different experiences. (laughs) Oh dear. (laughs) So it really, to be honest, it really doesn't, in in my experience, it doesn't matter whether you go all out or whether you go really simple because I it, you just it's almost like fate really you, right. you leave it up to chance it's it's does the universe want you to have a clear answer or does it want you to have a clear answer and I and, and saying that I find that also with tarot cards too because sometimes they'll give me more of a guidance but not it may not even relate to the question mm-hmm. It, it may be like it's trying to hide the answer right. because maybe you're not meant to know that mm-hmm. answer. Mm-hmm. And yeah. that always bothered me. Yeah. <laughs> it drives me nuts. Yeah. It's like, I want an answer. You know, at least something. Yeah. Give me a nibble, you know. And it's like, well, okay, all right. If you say so, mm-hmm. that's fine. With tarot, the guidance is... I find with tarot, it's, it's not... I wouldn't... I wouldn't go to tarot if you just want guidance. It's it's not. It's to me. It's it, it it can give you guidance, but that's not really what it's doing. It's it's telling you how it is really. Right. It's it's showing you this is what's happening. This is what's probably going to happen if you don't do anything and you just stay the course. And then the guidance comes from. Okay, if you don't want it to stay the course, or you don't like this, or you don't like this in this reading, this is what you need to do right. to change that. Unless you specifically find a spread mm-hmm. 
that's designed for guidance only, I find that that's not the purpose of it. Right. So you, if you want guidance, go to an Oracle deck. Right. Or be very specific about what you want to get out of the reading if you just want guidance. Because that then that person can either find a spread that fits or will just frame the question in a way where everything that comes out is right. guidance. Right. I get you there. So, what deck did you choose to use? Uh, I am using the Manga Tarot, and it's the it's basically anime, but it is a Rider weight deck. Mm-hmm. So that means that it is the traditional system with the major and the minor cards with the pictures. And for the most part, this deck is not that creative as far as breaking away from the Rider weight pictures. Okay. So it does, even though it's got cute anime pictures. Uh huh. It's still using the traditional symbols and situations that the original oh, Rider cool. Waite uses. Yay, anime. Anime. Cool. Okay. Um, I am doing the Dark of the Moon tarot spread. Um, and this spread is about past lives, so I thought this would be kind of interesting to do. Yay. And I find that with shuffling, it just depends on oops, how much you want to shuffle. Um, mm-hmm. I usually shuffle until I just get that sense of like, yeah, I'm good. Um, and I usually tell people to do the same. Some people don't like other people touching their tarot decks when, um, when you're doing re- readings for other people. I am mm-hmm. not one of those people. Um, I feel that if you're doing a reading for someone, if you can have them touch the deck, right. if it's possible. Right. Um, because you want, and this again is just my opinion, if you want to get as much information about that person as you can, I think putting their energy on the cards is good. But some people do not want their energy on their cards, and I, I totally understand that. You, you, but you do clean your cards, though. Right. So right. if you do have a lot of people touching your cards, then you clean, right. you clean your cards. So cause that's like when I do a reading for someone in there right in front of me, I have them cut the deck. Mm-hmm. whatever they feel to cut it, to cut the deck because I am allowing their energy to come in with my energy and then I get a better sense of reading. Okay, so, so I'm going to focus now on what okay. we're asking. So will you be sharing a question with us? Yes, or? well, the, the question is really um, information about this person and their past life and how it affects them and that's what the spread is about. Okay. So that's what the focus is going to be on is um, their current situation and issues and how their past life is affecting their current situation. Okay. All right. So the first card represents a major issue or event from a past life that remains unsolved in your present life. And we have the Ace of Swords. Uh Uh-oh. The second card represents something hidden from you in your current life related to the incident in card one uh, in which a major karmic debt was incurred. And we have the Five of Wands. The third card is... this, This card shows the outcome of a hidden karmic issue if you continue on in your current life without changing um, its course. And we have the devil. And the last card is positive changes you can make starting right now. The two of cups. 
All right, so the first card talks about that past life um, event or issue that is reappearing in this person's life currently. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, and when I do readings, and I'm going to treat it like I was reading for a client, um, mm-hmm. I always explain where I'm getting this information from. Because I'm one of those people where I don't like it when people just go, where they just tell me, like, oh, yeah, your life's going to be good. Or, oh, yeah, it's, yes. <laughs> you know, it's, like, so vague. Um, mm-hmm. I, so I try to explain what I see, okay? So we have the Ace of Swords, okay? Mm-hmm. Aces represent things that are beginning things that are new, things that are just starting out. Um, Swords, the suit of swords, is anything that represents the mental, Mm -hmm. the mental energies. This could be your thoughts, your ideas, and also the expression of thoughts, which is communication, right? Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, So what this means is, is that this particular life event, or past, I should say past life event, Um, that was unresolved has to do with an expression of thoughts, ideas, um, and putting them out into the world. But because it's an ace, it means that this person probably didn't do that um, because it was new, right? Because Mm -hmm. the ace represents something beginning, something being put out into the world, Mm -hmm. okay? Um, Because it's an ace, that progression... From ace to ten, that mm-hmm. shows, and this is numerology, mm-hmm. this shows how, when you're talking about past lives especially, right. you're, you're, you're seeing development. Where, where was that person in this stage, okay? This isn't a ten, right? A ten would mean, yes, this person was fulfilled, this person achieved what they wanted to achieve, yes. This is the beginning. This is the beginning. So the issue lies in, they didn't get that. They didn't get the chance to express their thoughts. They didn't get the chance to communicate. And if they did or they attempted to, it didn't get anywhere. It didn't manifest itself. Mm. Okay. And we're talking about something that happened in the past yes. because that's it's number one in the spread. Right. Okay. And it's coming up again in this lifetime. In this lifetime. And it's this is kind of like the the karmic thing that has to be dealt with. So basically he has to express. Mm-hmm. Okay. Number two. Um, so this is what's hidden from their current life um, that's related to the incident or issue. Um, and this is the karmic thing. So basically, this is the issue. Okay, This is the actual karmic issue that's going to keep repeating mm-hmm. because it wasn't learned in the previous life. Okay. Okay. You've got the five of wands reversed. Fives in numerology are challenges and conflicts. Exactly. Okay. Um, you have the wands element, mm-hmm. um, or suit and which is fire mm-hmm. and fire represents passions, ambitions. Um, it also represents goals, um, wanting to achieve something. Um, this usually is, um, a battle, um, between getting your ambitions out, um, but also with others as well. Um, this is a really heavy competition card usually mm-hmm. um, because usually when you have problems with ambitions, um, it's usually because you're, you're hitting a wall with society mm-hmm. because there's, you know, you've got this person, you've got this person and this person. Um, and so typically when you have conflict with your passion and ambition, it's because you're having a problem with other people who are also either stopping you or trying to do the same thing 
you're doing. Right. Okay. And so there's just, how are you going to stand out amongst the crowd here? Or if this person's opposing you, how are you going to keep going, getting your ambition out? Um, Because this card is reversed, you can take it a couple of different ways. Um, Reversals typically mean that the energy is not flowing correctly. Um, So there's something off about this. What this means to me is is that if this was just a gentle competition between people, it would be upright. Right. Okay. Because this is reversed, it means that this is heavy pressure. Heavy pressure with society trying to meet your goals and ambitions, but you're like hitting a wall. Like mm-hmm. you're you're not getting anywhere. Next card is this shows the outcome of the hidden karmic issue if they don't change anything. Right. So if they just stay in the current state that they're there that they are in mm-hmm. and they don't make any big changes, this is what's going to happen. Mm. The devil card is one of the major cards in the arcana. Mm-hmm. So that is one of the cards that we talked about that was added right. extra from the suits. Correct. That show archetypes that people go through in life. That so everybody, no matter what culture you're in, they everybody goes through these specific things Correct. or can think about somebody who fits that. Okay. Mm-hmm. So the devil is about all of those negative things that people go through or put like situations that they put themselves in, Mm -hmm. but they're allowing that thing or they're allowing that person or persons to take control over their lives. Okay. So you're basically giving up control. So this person is giving up control to someone or something other than themselves. Mm -hmm. You can almost kind of look at it as like a slave kind of card. Because that's what it is, okay? The devil in this situation is basically the master, right? You're mm-hmm. allowing the devil, or mm-hmm. the sli- you're, you're the slave, you're allowing the devil to basically control you. And it could, you could just be allowing this person or thing to take control over one aspect of your life. But the problem is, is that when the devil card comes up, it means it starts spreading. Mm-hmm. And other areas of your life start getting affected by it. Mm-hmm. The good thing about the devil card is, is that you have control over the situation. So when it comes up, it means that it's not fate. It's not meant to be. You put yourself in this situation. You can get yourself out of this situation. Right. Okay. So it's not this really horribly negative card. Right. Because it's basically saying that you have complete control. You're allowing this to happen you to yourself. Take, you need to take your energy back. You need to take the reins back. Right. Right. And... Based on the other cards, it looks like this person has probably already been doing that, and this will continue to happen. So if they don't make any changes, it's just, they're always going to be a slave. Mm. Okay. Um, and then the last card is positive changes that, that you can make starting right now. So these are things that aren't currently happening, mm-hmm. but can start manifesting if they change their course. Right. Okay. If they start working on things and really trying to change their decisions, their thoughts, everything. Mm-hmm. So we have the two of cups and the two of cups is a, is a, a minor. Twos in numerology represent two separate things trying to come together to create unity. It's a unifying card. The cup suit represents emotions, how people are feeling. 
Mm. When you combine the two together, you're creating a unifying energy with your emotions. And so what this means is, is that you need to f- feel connected. You need to feel connected to another person. So, and, and this is, this is not a group of people because that would be the three of cups. Right. Um, this means that there's a lack of connection with somebody. You feel, um, alone. Now I'm, now if this was reversed, I would say that it's not currently going on, but because of the positive changes you can make starting right now, mm-hmm. which is number four position, Mm-hmm. It means that this is currently not going on, even though it is upright. Because usually if it's upright in a reading, it means it's happening. Okay. So this means that currently this person does not feel connected. They're not in a relationship and they want to be in a relationship. Um, and it, the cards are actually saying that they probably should try um, to be in a relationship because it's saying that these are the positive changes that will help better some of these other areas Going back to the things that were happening in a past life and all this other stuff, um, it's basically saying that finding connection with another person is what will help them gain control over other aspects of mm-hmm. their life. Mm-hmm. It will make their life better. Mm-hmm. Cool. And the, um, the information about the tarot history uh-huh. is from a book that I highly recommend. It's called... Um, Tarot for a New Generation, and it's by uh, Janina Renee. Cool. And we'll have pictures of the spreads, um, the actual spread that we did, the actual cards that we spread out, and the book Yes. on our, our media. And pages. if anyone um, has any questions about um, Oracle or Tarot or want readings... We both do astrology. We both do numerology. Do you, you do numerology? Yeah, right? yeah. Um, I've been doing numerology probably since I was about mm, 18, 19 years old. So that might be a, another good um, we can do an episode maybe next time. And maybe um, you can do numerology and I'll do Lenormand because I, we didn't get Ooh. to do Lenormand in this reading. So. Yeah, that would be cool. So that would be our next podcast then. So maybe I'll do your life path okay. and with and then, your birth date and your name. Uh-huh. And get that. I'll have to prepare it before I come. So okay, stay positive. Um, don't go crazy. <laughs> and um, until next time, uh, may there always be blessings in your life. May light shine on you and keep you safe from harm. And may you know that you are loved by me. Aw. So <laughs> have a good day. Bye, everybody. Until next time, (laughs) see ya! And if you would like to contact us, you may do so at our email, eclecticsoulpodcast at gmail.com. Our Instagram account is eclecticsoulpodcast. Our Facebook is eclecticsoul.org. Our YouTube is eclecticsoul.org. And our website is eclecticsoul.org. Jen? If you want to reach me, my personal website is musicandmystery.com. My SoundCloud is the SoundCloud page, the soundcloud.com slash jennifer-feltman. My Facebook is at musicandmystery.com. And my Instagram is at music and mystery. 
And if you would like to reach me personally, my Facebook is at just call me Jinjin. My Instagram is at call me Jinjin or look for goddess. And my Twitter is at Jen Sullivan. Thank you and have a blessed day. Blessed be.